You're listening to the podcast for Asbury United Methodist Church. Join us every Sunday at 9 a.m. for small groups, 10 a.m. for worship, or anytime at asburybosier.org. Well, it's good to be with you uh, today uh, on this Commitment Sunday and also Pumpkin Day here at Asbury United Methodist Church. Later in the service, uh, after uh, our sermon uh, today, there'll be a moment where you can bring your uh, commitment card forward if you remembered it. Uh, if you didn't remember it, that's okay. There are cards in the pews, uh, and we'll talk about that uh, a little bit later just to give you a heads up of, of that happening later in our worship service today. Uh, we've been talking about growth. We've been talking about change, and today we talk about legacy. What remains? What goes on? What is remembered? Our scripture lesson today is from the book of Joshua, the fourth chapter, the ninth verse. It'll be on the screens. It'll be online. It'll be in your Bible and also your Bible app. Let us hear the words of the Lord. Joshua set up 12 stones in the middle of the Jordan in the place where the feet of the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant had stood, and they are there to this day. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Not long ago, I was bringing uh, one of my kids to some kind of practice. I forget which one it was or where we were going, but I was listening to my 80s hit list uh, from Spotify. Uh, One of my favorite pastimes is creating playlists on Spotify. I have like hundreds of them. One of them was my 80s hit list. So it's, don't you forget about me, right? You know, hey, 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 right? You know this one, right? Good. And my daughter said, oh, dad, is that one of the songs from the 1900s? Have you ever been catapulted into retirement uh, in, a, in an instant? You know, is this a song from the 1900s, right? I feel like I had to like start and, you know, like, oh, you know, my back started hurting when she said it, right? This kind of a thing, 1900s. Every generation has a means of marking time, don't they? I mean, my kids refer to, I can't, they refer to the 1900s and it, it makes me feel straight. But every generation has a way of marking time, right? Uh, there are some of you in the room, I could ask you, do you remember where you were when you heard about JFK? There's some in the room who will say like, yes, I was, yep, yep. Some of you in the room would say, do you remember when you heard about 9-11? Right, yeah, I knew exactly where I was, what I was doing. Every generation marks time in a particular way. Growing up in New Orleans, we have pre-Katrina and post-Katrina. It's like BC and AD, right? Pre-Katrina, post-Katrina. Here at Asbury, we mark time as well too. And and today is the day there are pre-pumpkins and there are post-pumpkins. I remember it was my first week here at Asbury uh, eight years ago, and Deacon Don, Don Young, came and said, you know, Pastor Matt, just a, just a free word of advice. Once the pumpkins get here, Mary's in labor, right? So what that means, once the pumpkins are here, Christmas is right around the corner. If you don't know what you're doing for Christmas, by October 1st, you're sunk. So word to the wise. <laughs> so when When the pumpkins arrive, we mark time. It is almost Christmas. I know it doesn't look like it outside. Well, I say that, but I think it was two years ago. It was like rainy and a high of 74 on Christmas Eve, which is absolutely disgusting, right? It it was a day much like today. All of us mark time in a particular way. What Deacon Dawn said about pumpkins here at Asbury is true to this day. To this day. The phrase to this day, happens over and over again in the Torah, primarily in Genesis 
in Exodus, but the book in which that phrase to this day exists the most is the book of Joshua. Because the ancient Israelites are transitioning from wilderness into the promised land. So there's this overemphasis of remembering. We set this up and it is here to this day. The name of this city is this because it, it remains to this day. When we go to this place, remember what happened. It is called this to this day. There's this infinite emphasis of do not forget. Do not forget that you were slaves in Egypt. Do not forget that this land has been promised to you. Do not take it for granted to this day. They were moving from wilderness to promised land, from a time of wandering to setting roots, from a time of um, uh, promise to a time of fulfillment. Over and over again, to this day happens so that we remember, so that we, don't you forget about me. Yes, it's from the 1900s, but it still rings true to this day. When I was a senior in high school, uh, we had Youth Sunday, much like we've had here uh, at Asbury, and I had the awesome opportunity uh, to give the sermon on Senior Sunday, and it was absolutely terrible. Um, I, all I remember is that while preaching, I wasn't making sense. I knew, I didn't, I, I didn't know where the, the, the rest of the sermon was going. I was stuck, right? But after the worship service uh, in the narthex, uh, Dr. John Lee met me. Do Dr. John Lee was the associate pastor at the time. And he shook my hand. He goes, boy, you're going to be a mighty fine preacher one day, right? In this really great Southern drawl. I don't know what he heard. And I can't remember my sermon. But I remember that. It was the first time that someone had planted a seed in me. I had never... I never considered preaching. I was going to be a world-famous opera singer, right? How'd that work out, right? No, I'm kidding. No. I'll, one of my favorites is folks will, after I'll sing, somewhere folks will say, wow, you really missed your calling. I was like, please don't say that. <laughs> right? I, I hope I haven't, you know? Boy, you're going to be a mighty fine preacher one day. The message wasn't memorable, but, but that was. Often when I speak uh, to clergy in their calling, at some point, there was someone who planted a seed in them. Sometimes it was affirmation. You're going to be a mighty fine preacher. Sometimes it was exploration. Hey, have you ever considered? Sometimes it's investment. We want to help you pay for seminary. We want to send you on your way. Have you had one of these moments where a family member or a trusted friend sees something in you that perhaps you never considered? Maybe it was the way that you solved a problem, or maybe it was the way that you spoke at a, a rehearsal dinner. Maybe it was the way that you stepped into leadership, or maybe it was the way that you were vulnerable. Maybe it was how you showed up when someone was hurting, or you were the first one to celebrate someone's accomplishment. Affirmation, celebration, recognition. Or maybe, maybe the converse is true. Maybe someone said that you weren't good enough, or you should have done better, or girls can't be preachers, or boys don't cry, 
Maybe you can't remember the situation, but you remember your loved one's reaction to it. And it still hurts to this day. My, the legacy we leave through our words and our actions, those that lift up and those that tear down. When you feel called into ministry, uh, your local congregation is very involved in that. You have to go. We were talking about it in one of the Sunday school classes today. Uh, the first thing, when you're called into ministry, the first thing you do is they invite you to take a psychological assessment <laughs> just to make sure the voice you're hearing is from the Lord, right? So that's the first thing. But shortly after that, you meet with your church, you meet with your SPR, you meet with the leadership, and you tell your call story. And they interview you, and you get affirmed by the community. I had to go home to my first church. I was a senior in college uh, when I finally said, hey, I think I'm being called in the ministry. So I went home and I met with the leadership and I told them my story. And there was John Lee after the meeting, Dr. John Lee. He goes, boy, I've, I've got a gift for you. He was uh, retiring and we went back to his office and he had several boxes full of books. And he goes, you'll, you'll, you'll get a better use of these books in seminary than I will in retirement. And he gave me a third of his library. He donated another third of his library to his family and donated the, another third of the library to Hartzell Mount Zion United Methodist Church, which is, which is a traditional African-American United Methodist congregation in Slidell, Louisiana. And I remember bringing those books up. It was, it was most of what I brought to seminary. Like, I didn't have furniture. I mean... <laughs> And, and hardly any clothes. Like when you're in seminary, you need like a hoodie and that's about it, you know? But I had these really amazing books, these commentaries that were, and I didn't know it at the time, but as I progressed in seminary, I had these books that people were envious over, like first edition commentaries. And then Katrina hit. The third that he donated to family and the third that he donated to Hartzell Mount Zion were all destroyed in the flood. The only third of the library that survived is here on the altar table today. Beautiful, fantastic, old commentaries. It is all that survived from his, uh, at least his, his library, his, the legacy that was his, his library. There's a sermon in there somewhere about what you give away is what becomes eternal. I don't know if it's, if it's exactly what Jesus meant when he said, store up treasures in heaven, not on earth. But it feels like it. A legacy leaves a mark, doesn't it? It leaves a mark to this day. When we hear that phrase, to this day, it's not about veneration or worshiping these books or looking back necessarily, but it is, it, it prepares us to move forward. The reason he gave these books is so that I would read them and then carry on and move forward and not put them under glass. 
These books are very loved on. <laughs> to this day, is not about going back to Egypt, but it was about remembering wilderness in the midst of promise. Yes, you can't take it with you, but what you invest in the working of God is what remains. When we invest in teaching our children God's story, when we invest in serving our neighbor, when we invest in developing new discipleship tools in a new digital world, we are establishing, we are establishing to this day moments, whether it's study or service or worship or play or unloading pumpkins. Someone will hear affirmation today. Someone will hear challenge today. Today, someone may have a to this day moment, and those moments happen because of you and what you're willing to offer in terms of your time, and your talent, and your wealth. We say it every Sunday. We don't talk about getting involved and being committed to Christ only on Commitment Sunday. Every time we come up to the table, every time we gather for Holy Communion, I invite you how as you receive the grace of God, how do you feel called to offer your grace in the world through your time, through your talent, and also through your gifts? Over the last several weeks, we've talked about three things. Number one, growing into new spaces. It hurts my heart that my 16-year-old, I know, will never do a book study. And I write books for a living. I know she's not going to read them and watch a DVD and watch dad's face talk and understand, but she will play a video game even a video game that will help her learn about our Christian ethics and our teachings. Technology does not have an ethic. We bring the ethic to it. As we grow and share the gospel, we will be growing and sharing it in new places, in new spaces for a new generation. And when we go across the Jordan in those places, yes, we will put, like Joshua, we will put stones in the river and say, hey, remember your story. Remember how this came to be, but keep moving. Don't go back to Egypt. This is not for you to turn around. It is for you to move forward. When we grow into new places and new spaces, it then necessitates change, which is what we talked about last week. Growth means that we will change. Being in relationship means that we will change in some way, shape, or form. This is the beauty of coming to the table. The more often we break bread with our neighbors and our sisters and our brothers, a place, this is the one place on the planet where it doesn't matter your income, the color of your skin, who you are. If you live in Bossier or Benton or Shreveport, this is the one place where you are welcome. It's open. And the more often you gather in a place like that, it begins to change who you are. You begin to recognize grace begin to recognize God's love. So when we grow, we also change. Growth is an act of humility. It's not about building a bigger table, but it is about knowing when it's time to get up and offer your place to someone else. Even though growth necessitates change, it also demands remembrance. Remembrance and legacy. Now, hopefully, 
you have received a commitment card in the mail. If you didn't get one in the mail or if you forgot yours, totally fine. There are some in the pews uh, for you. Or you could be one of the cool kids and use the QR code, which has a link to a... <laughs> are you going to be one of the cool kids? Is that, is that why? You're one of the cool tech, techno kids? Um, you can look at our online uh, card that's there. In a moment, the choir is going to come up and, and offer a sermon response, a message response today. And while they are singing, while they are offering their gift of music, I invite you to bring your card to the altar table. And, and you're not just, there's a basket here, yes. But I would love for you to come up with your card and notice the books that are here. And even if you want to pause, these are meant to be read. These are meant to be picked up. Pick one up. Thumb through it. Look at it. These are not under glass, but they are a legacy that continues. The gift that we offer is part of our legacy that continues beyond us. So if you know what your 2024 commitment is, I invite you to write that on your card and bring it forward. If you don't know what your 2024 commitment is, write that on the card. Say, I don't know. I don't know yet. I need more time. Maybe you want to talk about it more. Write that on the card. Hey, Pastor Matt, I'm not ready. Let's talk. Here's my phone number. Put that on the card. Put that in the basket. And let's say you just can't. I know life happens. Maybe things are super tight. Put that on the card too. I love Asbury, but I can't right now. And I will pray for you. Let's talk. Whatever your commitment is for this next year. We love you. God loves you. And when we make this commitment, we are preparing, we are crossing the Jordan, we are preparing for a new generation. We are leaving a legacy that will outlast us, just like these books on the altar table. So in a moment, I'll offer a word of prayer. As the choir comes up, y'all can go ahead and start making your way. And I do, as they begin singing, I invite you to come up, place your card in the basket that's here. And if you want, take a look at the books and meditate on the kind of legacy that God is calling you to leave.